The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program. WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, WLHS, the Lakota Local School District, or staff and management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as specific legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on WMKV, WLHS, and the Maple Knoll Radio Network. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vena Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing. We are your nation's public radio source for news information, tips, techniques, strategies to put you on the path to financial independence by investing in real estate. And today we are going to talk about something that I think some listeners wish we would talk about every single solitary week, but unfortunately there are topics in real estate other than wholesaling, but not tonight. Before we uh, get to our very special guest, Steve Cook, we are going to uh, go through a couple of quick out in the world of real estate announcements. The Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati has its wholesaling subgroup meeting this evening at Foley's Irish Pub, 200 West Benson in Reading. The topic tonight is uh, understanding different types of sellers and how to work with them, how how different um, categories of sellers like individual sellers, bank sellers, etc., differ in uh, how you deal with them, how you find them, how you negotiate them, and so on. You can get more information about that at CincinnatiRia.com. The meeting starts at 6.30 for networking and dinner, 7 o'clock for the actual uh, lecture. Also, this coming Saturday, the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati uh, is having an all-day conference with uh, Larry Harbolt, who was our guest here on Real Life Real Estate Investing last week. He's going to spend the day talking about creative finance techniques. You can come to that whether or not you are a member of Cincinnati RIA, but you need to go get more information at CincinnatiRIA.com as a special offer to real-life real estate listeners who might like to attend. Cincinnati RIA is offering admission at the same price at members if you go to non-member registration and put VINA08 in the coupon code. VINA08. Put it in the coupon code. You'll get in at the same price as all Cincinnati Rio members. My guest today is Steve Cook, who has been a very successful real estate investor in multiple strategies over the course of, well, more than a decade at this point. He is one of the founders of Life and Air and uh, the owner of www.flippinghomes.com. While he is an expert on many things, including rehabbing, debt-free, investing, um, 
wholesaling, getting a life, uh, all sorts of neat things, new new construction. Uh, we are talking to him this evening as my second favorite wholesaler in the entire world from his home in Wisconsin, Mr. Steve Cook. Steve, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Well, Vina, thank you. Appreciate you having me on the show. Uh, and I very much appreciate you being here. I know you do not do a whole lot of... Um, things like this, radio shows, webinars, appearances, etc. these days, although I understand that you are coming to the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association conference here in Cincinnati in November to talk about ugly houses, wholesaling and retailing to get to, uh, get to profit on the many, many, many ugly houses we have here in Ohio. And uh, listeners are, are anxiously staying tuned to hear more about that in a couple of weeks here on the radio. But uh, today, we, because we only have you know, a limited period of time, we are going to sort of narrow the conversation to something that it seems like 90% of the real estate investors on the planet want to do, which is wholesaling. So let's start by discussing your own personal path into wholesaling. How did you get started doing that, and why did you decide on wholesaling as a strategy? Well, Vina, for me, I had uh, been in the restaurant business. I actually bought a couple of restaurants at a pretty young age, and I lost my shirt with my restaurants. I had been a, had this entrepreneurial spirit, uh, wanted to have my own business. I wanted to earn an income, and after losing everything with the restaurants, uh, and when I say I lost everything, I was almost homeless. I was deep in debt, and I had no money, I had no credit, and I wanted to get into real estate investing. Um, it was actually my passion for real estate that actually led me into these restaurants. I used creative techniques to buy them, and I quickly found out all I did was buy dead-end jobs rather than investments when I bought them. But I still had that fire burning, and I wanted to get into real estate investing. So I researched quite a bit trying to figure out how could I possibly be a real estate investor now. I just ruined everything. I ruined my entire financial picture. Uh, I couldn't borrow any money. I didn't have any money. I had no income coming in. And so it seemed like it was a real daunting challenge, and I wouldn't be able to do anything. And the more and more I researched, I just kept pointing to this thing called wholesaling that, you know, it's the barrier of entry to become a wholesaler was one that I qualified for. I didn't have to have good credit. I didn't have to have money in the bank. I didn't have to be able to borrow money or or have a good income. I, it, none of it was necessary. And so I had uh, decided I was going to take the plunge. I was going to give it all I had. And um, long story short, you know, that was 15 years ago. And uh, over 500 deals since that time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So in your case, it was uh, basically a, a, a just sheer desperation. Like, there's nothing else I feel like I can do in real estate in my, in my you know, completely wiped out situation. And uh, by the way, when we sent out the e-letter to our real life real estate listeners today, we uh, sent out your article on the advantages of being broke, which I thought was very... Very interesting and uh, very true that f folks with money in the real estate world are almost at a disadvantage because they don't get creative and they make they don't have to be right exactly they they sometimes they sometimes make decisions they shouldn't make because well I've got the money 
mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Where if you don't have the money, it's actually it's actually easier to uh, uh, not make those sorts of mistakes. So now it's years later, though, and you've done all kinds of stuff. You've done a lot of retail deals. I know you're doing some new construction now. Why, after all this time, do you still think that wholesaling is a good strategy? I think there's a number of reasons. I had just mentioned that for me, the barrier of entry, there, there, in essence, is none. Anybody can be a wholesaler if they want to be one. And uh, so with that in mind, it's a great place for everybody to start to get their, their feet wet in the business. Secondly, the risk is extremely limited, and there can be no risk if people are, are doing the business the right way. And then I think finally... It, it has the potential to earn a pretty substantial income. And so when you look at it, that it's the kind of business that anybody can do with very limited to no risk and has the potential for high income, there's not too many things out there that you can find where that's the case. And uh, so I think it's a great opportunity for many people. Um, and furthermore, the returns can come in pretty quickly versus other types of investing, which might take months or years to pay off. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing. My guest today is Steve Cook, who um, many many of you might remember him from back in the days when he was a Baltimore-based real estate investor. He is uh, now uh, taking it slow, I guess, in Wisconsin. Things are a little bit more laid back up there than they are over on the East Coast. And uh, he's with us today to talk about wholesaling and the strategy, how you can get into it. And of course, any questions that you have, listeners, you can send to askvina at gmail.com. That's A-S-K-V like in Victor, E-N-A at gmail.com. Or you can give us a call here in the studio if you're in the greater Cincinnati area. 772-9658 is the number. If you're listening to us online, give us a call toll-free at 877-772-9658. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Steve Cook, who since 1998 has been in the real estate business doing lots of things, including wholesaling properties. And although we could spend hours and hours and hours with Steve learning all sorts of things that he does, our focus today is on wholesaling. If you have questions, call us toll-free at 877-772-9658 or send them to askvina at gmail.com. We have a special gift today for real-life real estate listeners. We mentioned back at the beginning of the year that from time to time we were going to have special reports, videos, things like that uh, posted at our website at askvina.com. Right now, if you go to askvina.com and fill in the response form at the top, we have a complimentary special report called, called How to Get Started Wholesaling. It's about an 18-page long report that t- just talks about the basics of it and what kind of properties you're looking for and the pros and cons and so on. Just go to askvina.com, fill in your contact information. Not only will you receive our special report, but also be signed up so that you don't miss any more great articles like the one that Steve wrote for us today that we sent out to all the folks who are subscribed. Also, at the bottom of that page, you will find a uh, recording of a webinar about wholesaling in 2013. So check that out at askvina.com. Now, Steve... um, 
I don't know. It's not it's not really super hard to talk people into the idea that they ought to be wholesaling. But what a lot of folks maybe don't realize about it who are just getting started is that we have been through as wholesalers some very extreme markets in the last five years. Like in 2008, there were no end of deals. <laughs> 2008, 9, 10, you could pick up properties for pennies on the dollar all over the place and the problem was there were not that many people who wanted to buy them and then now we're in this weird market where suddenly it's a seller's market suddenly our the inventory in mls is down there are lots of uh, institutional buyers there are lots of people who are getting very interested in the real estate business because they've heard in the media that it's getting good does it work in all of these markets? I mean, has there been a time here where you've just said, oh, I can't wholesale right now? Absolutely not. Um, we have been able to wholesale in every kind of market. I started in an average market. I started when uh, things were just staying steady. And then all of a sudden, things started breaking and getting better. And we just had to change our focus a little bit. And uh, the way that we were going about finding deals and and just really staying on top of the market, being in touch with what was happening uh, was a key to that. And much of it came as a result of just participating with, you know, at real estate investor associations and being around other investors and networking with them and getting a feel for what the thought processes were of everybody, what was happening. Were they uh, doing well? Were they looking for properties right now or were they backing off or what were they paying for properties today versus what were they paying for them a couple of months ago? And and so that we, we've we had to make a lot of adjustments, but being close to what others were doing and networking with others helped us to stay on top of that. Oh, so true. Yeah, whole, whole, some wholesalers tend to only want to be around their buyers when they have a deal to sell them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they don't show up at the RIA meeting unless they have a deal to sell. And when you don't do that, you don't hear things like, wow, it seems like the inventory of bank-owned properties is way down. What's going on? And, you know, the the investors knew that last year this time, and the media caught up with it around March or April of this year. So uh, as you say, just, you know, keeping your ear to the ground, understanding when you're going to need to change focus from more focus on rounding up buyers to more focus on rounding up sellers because there's plenty of buyers in the market uh, is an extremely important thing, particularly for wholesalers. I think even more so uh, than for other types of real estate investors. Now, there's a lot of little details and technique involved in wholesaling it's it's not it's not just oh go put a property under contract and you can sell it i mean there's there's is it the right kind of property is it in the right area is it uh, a deal that's going to be attractive to a particular kind of buyer i'm wondering if you in your own business have a favorite type of property that you like to get under contract to wholesale and for what reason well i'd say that my favorite kind is the kind that will make me money (laughs) (laughs) But uh, uh, my, I would definitely say that my ultimate favorite property is a good single-family home that, uh, that when renovated, people will want to buy. Uh, I, 
I've done all kinds. I've done everything from lower end neighborhoods that the only person who would consider buying it is a slumlord, all the way up to doing luxury properties. And being in a good bread and butter neighborhood where particularly first time home buyers want to buy a good solid house in a decent neighborhood, I don't care what condition it's in. Uh, in fact, the worse it's in, the better I like it. Um, those those types of neighborhoods, those types of properties are easy to sell. Even in down markets, other investors still want to buy those properties. They're still interested in, in purchasing those properties from you so that they can renovate them and earn an income. They know that those are the easiest ones to sell, and that's what people start to look to even in the down markets because there's still people who buy houses even in slow markets, but it, it, it becomes very limited, and people want the best that they can buy at that time. So uh, I've always focused on that. It has always been my bread and butter. I have uh, enjoyed doing that, and I've had tremendous success in that part of the market. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, I mean, bottom line is it's always about the price, right? It's getting the right price. <laughs> and that can change with the markets. Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. the, the slower markets, um, you know, I think here's one area that many investors get wrapped up in is that they have a formula, and we all use a formula, but my formula adjusts. It's a general rule of thumb. It's not the golden rule that I stick to every single time. In a slow market, I start paying less. In a, in a very hot market, I might start paying more. I still don't like to pay too much, but I start to get a pulse for what are other people paying now, and as long as somebody's willing to pay more than me, I'm willing to buy it mm-hmm. <laughs> and and then flip it to them. But you have to stay in touch with that. But I'm, I will turn away from a deal that is not going to make me money. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do a deal for the sake of doing it. I'm not going to do a deal just to beat somebody else out. You have to stick to your numbers and make sure you're profitable. Uh, the quickest way to failing as an investor is to getting wrapped up and trying to beat somebody else out of a deal and not sticking to your numbers. So, uh, so it, it's very important. So true. Uh, yeah, the, 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 the reason I asked the question about the favorite property is that I, I run across a lot of uh, typically newer wholesalers who are very focused on getting the perfect retail property under contract. In other words, the three-bedroom, two-bath, two-car garage, you know, built after 1990, the, the, the kind of deal that it's actually not that easy to get under contract at a wholesale price, even if it is a junker. And they'll they'll say things like, uh, you know, I don't want to I don't want to go after any properties in this in this you know rental neighborhood because I, I'm not sure I can sell them. And I, I, I the example I always give people and and listeners try and you know absorb this is let's say that you got that four bedroom brick house that needs you know twenty five thousand dollars worth of work to make it rentable under contract for a dollar. Do you think you could sell it for a thousand? And they say, well, of course I could sell it for a thousand. Okay, so it's not about the property; it's about the price, isn't it? <laughs> it's about That's is- the exact same line that I always use. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. If I could, I'm just I'll share a story with you real quickly because this is a perfect example of a student who I just had uh, and uh, who I'm currently working with, and we had a meeting maybe six months ago, and he was telling me how tough it was for him to find properties. And this is a guy who's had some success. And I went and I looked at his marketing. And his marketing basically said what you had just mentioned. He only wanted three-bedroom, two-bath properties that were a minimum 1,100 square feet in these zip codes built after this year. 
And I said to him, I said, well, of course you're gonna, not too many people are going to respond. I said, do you know how many deals you're throwing away by not doing that? And I use that exact same line with him. If you could buy these properties in the other zip code for a dollar, would you buy them? He said, oh, of course I would. I said, okay, so the point is it, it's the price. It's not the location. It's not the type. Um, he went and changed his strategy, and uh, this is the reason I want to share it with you. He changed his strategy, and then within two weeks he made $80,000 in wholesale prop- profits on properties that he would not have otherwise bought. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and this is why getting an education about wholesaling is so important, like, like really sitting down and learning from somebody who's done it through multiple markets and not just somebody who's done three deals and thinks they have the right to tell you all about how it works because, you know, frankly, your your length of experience going back to 1998 means you have gone through up markets down markets there have been times when you've probably been able to get a lot of those great retail properties under contract and there's probably been times when you you struggled to get any of those under contract but you were able to make the money on the on the rental properties so there there there's so much more to know about this than people think there is it's a it's a simple strategy it requires a lot less money, credit, and even honestly, skill set than a lot of the other strategies. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't sit down with somebody who knows about it and take advantage of their knowledge before you run out and start trying to do it. Because if you do, you make a mistake like your student did. And if if you learn from somebody who knows, you get it fixed like your student did. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> The the number one thing that I would tell people is to get that education and and get as close to the education as you can. If, if you can find a local mentor and get out there and actually see a real deal, that's a big hang-up for many people. Uh, they don't even know what a fixer-upper is until they actually see one. When I first got started, I thought a fixer-upper was something that needed paint and carpet. Mm-hmm. And uh, if I saw something that needed more than that, it actually scared me. And until... I finally got it, and somebody, I went into a real investor's house, saw what they bought, I saw how bad it was, and after I got to see it for the first time, then it all made sense to me, and I completely understood, and so I'd say it's very important to get that education, work with people who are doing it, and get out and see the real thing and learn that way. Mm-hmm. Very, very true. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing. Our numbers here in the studio are 772-9658 if you are within the sound of my voice and it's coming out of your radio. If it's coming out of your computer, you probably want to call us toll-free at 877-772-9658 or you can send us a question to askvina at gmail.com. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I am your host, Vina Jones-Cox. On the line with me is Steve Cook, who is a well-known wholesaler, ugly house person, and uh, is going to be joining us at the 2013 OREA Convention for real estate investors and landlords from all over the U.S., which is November 7th through 10th here in Cincinnati. Mark your calendars, folks. Do not put anything else in that place. If you're planning on getting married that weekend, change it. If if your due date is like November 7th through 10th, be, be induced the week before. I mean, it's that important that you get here to Cincinnati. 
for this event because we have over 15 expert speakers from all over the United States. And when I say experts, I mean people who are in the business right now and can tell you things like Steve is telling you about wholesaling. We also have a wonderful opportunity for you to go to askvina.com and download a special report about how to get started in wholesaling. Uh, if you just go to askvina.com and fill in that form at the top of the page, uh, it will be sent to you right away. And also, you will finally be subscribed to our weekly e-letter, which you've needed to do for a long time. We're taking questions by phone at 877-772-9658 or via email at askvina.com. Uh, we have a couple of questions here that have already come in, Steve. One is from Lisa, who is from your old stomping grounds in Baltimore. She says, please ask Steve what he thinks the best way to market for leads is, and does he use direct mail? Well, I will say that I think that direct mail is a great way. I have used direct mail, but I am at a point in my career where I do very little marketing anymore. Um, I, many of the deals uh, just come to me through referrals. Um, I, I'm also focused on the new construction side of it, but I'm going to talk about from a wholesaling point of view and what I do with the students who I work with today who are much more active with trying to do volume. Um, the top ways to find deals, uh, in my opinion, are uh, I, bandit signs. Some people like them, some people hate them, but they're extremely effective. Um, I have mixed emotions about it. I advise people to do it the right way and to not go out there and break the law and get themselves into trouble with putting them out there, but they're extremely effective. Direct mail is extremely effective, particularly if you're going to the right people. My favorite, absolute favorite thing for direct mail is probate. If you're sending to uh, people who are handling an estate and, and looking to purchase estate sales, you're typically getting properties that are in relatively decent condition they own them free and clear most of the time, and you're able to get great deals. Uh, some of the best deals I have ever purchased have been state estate sales and uh, through direct marketing to them. And then finally, going to HUDs, uh, HUD deals and, and REOs, the institutionals, you know, they're always up and down. You never know what kind of inventory they're going to have, but it's a very unemotional process. You can make a lot of offers. You can make low offers. And, uh, and just play the numbers game in that arena, uh, pursuing as many of them as you can. And uh, I, I'd say that those are the three top ways to uh, actually find properties if you're going to be out there marketing for them. Mm -hmm. And Lisa has a follow-up question. Being from Baltimore, what does he think the best areas in Baltimore are to focus on where your properties will sell quickly? Well, I, uh, my favorites were always in northeast Baltimore and then the west side of town. I had a couple of pockets there. But that was uh, areas that worked out well uh, for me, and I just tended to stay there. There are many, many good areas in Baltimore, um, a lot of areas in the downtown area, a lot of areas out in the county. Uh, anything Baltimore County is good if you're out in the county outside of city limits. Uh, there would be no areas there that I would stay away from. But it's a very, very good market, a very hot market, and an appreciating market right now. So just uh, stay in the good areas. Just uh, and avoid the bad areas. If you feel unsafe when you're driving through them, you don't need to. You don't need to be there. There's plenty of other opportunities somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And Lisa, you know, a, a great way to find that out, like like what what your what your actual buyers who still live in Baltimore think are great areas, is 
go to one of the, I don't know, seven RIA groups in the Baltimore area and talk to people, find out what they're saying. I'm, I'm hearing people in Baltimore say that they uh, are avoiding the city for rental properties now because apparently the taxes inside the city are like twice as high as they are in the county and that really impacts cash flow. So if I heard that at a RIA group, what would you hear by being there every month? Lisa, so go. A uh, question here from Craig, who says, what, if any, impact will the chaos with the U.S. Post Office have on direct mail in the short term? Long term, I guess, will continue down the digital path. But is there, looking into your crystal ball, do you feel that direct mail will not be an option? And if so, what will be the digital equivalent? I have absolutely no idea what will take place there. And I would just continue to do direct mail uh, through the post office until the rules change there. I would say that the digital equivalent right now is what some other investors are doing. Uh, many of them are uh, using Craigslist as a means for farming and getting information, using VAs to develop mailings for them to people through uh, Craigslist. and. Apparently, through Zillow and Trulia and all other websites that are out there, people are able to gather more information these days about people who have homes for sale, and they're doing direct marketing that way. I have uh, students who are going uh, searching for people on Facebook in their local market and private messaging people through Facebook, and uh, it is a strategy that, for the life of me, I cannot see how it would work or be effective, but... I have one student who gets the majority of his leads that way. <laughs> so um, there's many, many different ways, and uh, and anything from door knocking to um, you know Google AdWords and and Facebook advertising, all of it works to a degree. It's a matter of tweaking it and finding what works best for what it is you're targeting. And I recommend that everybody try multiple sources, and then you start to focus on doing more of the stuff that's working best for you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I wouldn't worry too much about mail delivery just going away. I, yeah. You know, that's 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 one of those things that maybe should have been privatized a long time ago. And if the U.S. Postal Service disappears off the face of the earth, someone will spring up and find a way to make money delivering mail. So it will never happen. <laughs> I wouldn't get too concerned about that. So, uh, Dave. Uh, from uh, Louisville says, what are the order of steps I need to take to get my first deal? I'm petrified. I need a win to start or my wife will pull the plug on my investment dreams. I have a special needs child with big medical bills and can't afford to lose or waste a lot of money, but I want to invest. And, you know, I think there's something here that needs to be addressed with Dave before the steps because Steve, I don't know about you, but my experience is that people that are feeling like this, that are feeling desperate and like I absolutely cannot afford to lose have a difficult time taking any step, even if they know what it is. They also tend to make desperate decisions and that usually ends up leading to them doing a bad deal. Um, If I were Dave, the first thing that I would do is actually look for a mentor um, and I would be willing to give of my time and give of myself and my resources without any expectation of payment, where my payment would be the knowledge that I would gain. 
um, the knowledge is the most important thing that you can possibly have. And once you have it, nobody can ever take that away from you. And uh, if you go and you expect someone to compensate you in other ways to teach you and to show you the ropes within a local market, then you're probably going to have a difficult time finding somebody, especially a proven person. They already know what they have to offer, and they know that the knowledge that they could give to you is valuable, and they don't just give that away for nothing. Uh, we, we tend to give to people who uh, we end up liking and people who uh, we want to help and people who are willing to give to us with, and, and to help us to succeed. But uh, more importantly, it's sort of the chicken before the egg, which comes first. And there really isn't a start here and do this thing first and then do that first. You know, sometimes it's, uh, you know, ultimately it's finding a deal. This business does not work without a deal. No one makes money in real estate investing without a deal, not any part of the equation. A rehabber needs a deal, whether it's from a wholesaler or from somebody else through their own efforts, before they can make money. The wholesaler has to have the deal. The person with the deal is the key to the whole business. And uh, so you've got to put yourself in front of the areas where you're going to find a deal. And whether it's pursuing banks, whether it's pursuing private parties, the one thing that I can say is that almost every person I've spoken to who is in a similar situation to Dave, that playing in the real estate agent arena where you're dealing with REOs and dealing with HUD, where they're going to want to see your credentials, they want to see your proof of funds, they want to see how much money you have, is probably not the right arena for you to be playing in. That will be a harder place for you to actually get a deal. You're going to be much better off playing with the private seller who is not represented by real estate agents, who doesn't have the sophistication to say, can you please show me your bank statement and prove to me that you can purchase my house. That is a tougher arena or I'm sorry, that's the easier arena to play in because they're not going to ask you for all of that stuff. So my recommendation would be that the places that you would start is start marketing to private uh, sellers, whether it's through direct mail, magnets on your car, banded signs, networking. You want to go to private sellers where uh, you get to make more of the rules. You can give them a $10 earnest money deposit. That's not going to fly with a bank or a HUD. And uh, so... That would be the quick tip that I could give you on this uh, on this call without laying out a whole plan for you. Yeah, and Dave, um, try try driving for dollars because I have a feeling you don't want to spend money on lists. So go to some go to some decent Section Eight rental neighborhoods. Drive around, see what's vacant. Look up the owners in your public record. Just send the owners a just very simple letter. It says, "Hey, if you want to sell, I'm looking to buy. Give me a call. We'll talk." And take a deep breath and try to remember that your your exposure, because that, that seems to be what you're concerned about, is that you're going to lose money, and more importantly, that your wife is going to be on you when that happens. Uh, your exposure in a wholesale deal is your earnest money, which, as Steve said, can be 10 bucks if it's an individual seller, and that's kind of it. So don't, don't get all petrified that something's going to go wrong and it's going to lose you a lot of money, because if you're doing this right... You got ten dollars on the line, and you've got a contract that lets you get out of the contract. So nothing horrible is going to happen to you. Uh, appreciate the honesty, though, Dave, and we wish you a whole lot of luck. Um, 
we have one other, well, not really a question, and I'm I'm never sure how to address this kind of question because the question is, I can't seem to listen in on the show today. So he's not listening, so I can't tell him how to listen in on the show today. <laughs> but he goes on to say, will there be a replay? And if so, how do I listen if there is one? Uh, Darren, the station is good enough to put all of the real life real estate shows up on iTunes after the program is over. It's usually up there within a day or two. There is a huge number of archive shows up there on iTunes right now. And uh, unfortunately there are two iTunes links and there's only one of them that you want. So here's, here's what you do. Go to my Facebook page. Again, you're not listening, but go to the, go to the real life real estate Facebook page. And up at the top, there is a bit.ly link that will take you right to the proper channel there, the proper uh, iTunes channel. And there will be zillions of shows there. Uh, Okay, so Steve, talking more about this topic of wholesaling. um, Sellers are very important, as you said, they are, if you don't have, if you don't have a seller, you don't have a product. And if you don't have a product, there's no place to go from there. It just doesn't, doesn't, doesn't matter what else you know. But let's talk about buyers for a minute. One of the questions that I hear over and over and over again from people who've never done this is, why would anyone buy from you? Why don't they just go find the deal that you have found and do it themselves? What do you answer to that? Well, I want them to just take a look at any business that's out there. Um, A grocery store doesn't go directly to the manufacturer to buy all their stuff. They go to a distributor. They get everything. They want to go to one place. They want it to be easy. They're not in the business of running all around to find everything. The same thing happens with many other investors. Their concern is getting, they're concerned about getting a good deal. As long as you can provide them with a good deal and save them the time of effort of actually going out to finding that, there's tons of buyers out there. As long as the numbers that you're providing work for them they don't care if you're profitable they don't care if you're making money they understand that you have to make money to find that deal a renovator or a landlord they're busy renovating their houses and getting them sold they're busy renovating their houses and getting them rented and managing them they don't necessarily have the time or the desire to be the person going out there and finding everything my buyers list was a very small one i had only maybe a dozen buyers who bought houses from me on a regular basis. They were all professional investors who bought multiple houses, and every time they needed something, they just made a phone call to me to find out what I had. And I would tell them what I had, and they would buy it from me. They didn't even bother looking elsewhere because the numbers worked with the deals that I had put together for them. So... Uh, the bottom line is professional investors are only concerned about the numbers, and as long as you can offer them the numbers, they're willing to buy from you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very true. Um, three most important skills that a wholesaler has to develop, and I know I know it's going to be hard to limit yourself to three, and I know you're I already know you're going to say one of them is finding the deals, but <laughs> if you had to limit well, I, it to three, what would you say? I, I, I will take a little different approach to that question. I, I would say, and I, I think, you know, if the audience who we're speaking to is going to be uh, the beginner who's really trying to get started, I think the number one thing that they have to do is believe that it works. There's a lot of people out there who think they hear from people like you and I, Vina, who have done many deals, but they don't believe that they can do it. 
and and that belief that that lack of belief and that they can do it is going to keep them from ever doing it um so you've got to believe it if if we can do it so can you and there's thousands and thousands of wholesalers across the country and everybody out there should be able to do it themselves um, along with that is being persistent. I've seen many, many people pursue this business for quite some time, and they give up and, and without having done their first deal. And I'm going to tell you, I think so many of them gave up the day before they were going to get that deal or a week before they were going to get that deal. And the first one is the hardest one. I have seen over and over and over again where a student has worked months and months and months to find that first deal, and then the moment they find that first deal, within two weeks they've got their second one. Within two weeks they've got their third one, and they just all of a sudden they get into the groove because they all they just got it, and it made sense to them. So you've got to have persistence. You can't be a person who gives up as soon as things get tough. Even for us, as long as we've been in the business, we have ups and downs. We have dry spells, and then we have times when there's plenty. And uh, you've got to have the persistence to get through those slow times and those dry spells and, uh, and, and trust that the process works, trust that what we teach really does work and that we have experienced tremendous rewards from it. And the only way other people will ever experience the rewards that we have is to be persistent and do it themselves. And, uh, and I think finally, I, I think a, a great skill is being nice to people and, and wanting and desiring for everybody who you work with to be successful. Uh, you, this is not a business that you can do by yourself. You've got to work with other. You got to work with buyers and sellers. You've got to work with title companies. You got to work with real estate agents. You got to work with contractors. And if you really and truly want to help all of those people and see every one of them be successful, then they're all going to work to help make you successful also. And uh, it, it is such an important aspect of it. I see many people come into this business who just want to take, 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 get what they can from you. And you never want to help that person because the only thing they ever want to do is take something from you, and they never get anywhere. Um, you don't. They're the person who comes in. You know, they act like the big shot. They want everything, and then three months later, you never see them at a RIA meeting again. Mm-hmm. And uh, but the person who comes in and genuinely wants to help everybody to be successful, usually does very well because everybody around them wants to help them to be successful as well. Now, Steve, unfortunately, we are down to like one minute until the end of the show. And I want to get just your brief take, real brief, on where's the wholesaling business going over the next two to five years? Are we going to see more deals, less deals? We're we're in a seller's market right now. What's going to happen? I wish I could really pinpoint it. Uh, the one thing I know for certain is there's going to be deals. We've had deals in the up markets. We've had deals in the down markets. Um, my gut tells me we're going to see more in the, in the future. I think for the next six months to a year, it's going to remain relatively strong, and then I think we're going to see it slow down again, and there's going to be an abundance of deals hitting the market. Very, very good. We appreciate your sharing your years of experience with us, Steve Cook, and we look forward to seeing you in Cincinnati for the 2013 National Conference on November 7th through 10th. So we will be back next week with even more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing. Happy investing.